We are at the offices of TSR Injury Law. John Krasinski is here. So is Steve Terry. So is our producer, Brandon Morton. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. And Steve, I got to say, we've been talking about the Wolves and, and marketing and everything else. I just think the best marketing you could give to TSR Injury Law when you're sitting courtside is, and I know this has never been done before, maybe ro- roll up a newspaper and get down on your knees and just smack the court a lot. That sounds like an original idea. I, I think hey, we homage. Do yes. I did talk to uh, to Jake, and I were in negotiation for uh, potentially some things next year. And I told him that um, when I was in Houston, that I, what's the name of that lawyer? Is it Rusty Harden? Yeah. Rusty Harden. Yes. And he has his name embroidered on his courtside seats. Ooh. And I was like, how cool would that be? And then I heard the words Lexus Club, and that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think you get the Rusty Harden treatment because you don't represent scumbags. So. Good point. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I to bring that up. Uh, Steve, of course, managing partners at the right term. I always mess up terms. Yes. Managing partner of TSR Injury Law. We're at the offices because they are spectacular. We like to visit with Steve Often, and now, uh, man, up on the 12th floor of, what's the building name again? This one is uh, Normandale. It's over by uh, Normandale Lake. Yep. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. We are up here because uh, Steve's business has done so well. We'll tell you more about his business later. Let's, but this is the first time we've talked to Steve, I think, since the Gobert deal. Uh, bef- let, let's just handle a little bit of news, then we'll move on to bigger picture things. John, any update on uh, Torian Prince? Yeah, so we're still gathering information on it. He was, we're recording this Friday morning, arrested Thursday in Miami at the airport. Exactly where he was going or, or what he was doing is, is still unclear, but it appears that he had a warrant out for him from Texas and the important thing right now that we're trying to wade through is the the legal terminology that the Texas uh, law enforcement uses for enacting this warrant is possession of a dangerous drug. And you think, oh my God, he had meth, he had crack with him, he had all the stuff he was going to sell or whatever. That is just a, so far that what I've been able to gather, it's a legal term for that could apply to any number of substances. It could apply to any amount that he had um, on him, allegedly, again, all of these things. Um, And so I would say kind of just slow your roll on jumping to any conclusions just yet. We have to see, you know, what the warrant actually says. We have to see, was it, you know, we were talking before this went on, but Taj Gibson was arrested several years ago when he was with the Wolves. Um, when he was at a traffic stop, and it turned out he had unpaid tickets. Um, and so was Torian Prince cited for something in Texas a while ago? He's from Texas, and did he just forget to pay, or did he not pay the fine, or, or did he not appear for a, for a court appearance? We don't know exactly just yet. But, um, yes, he has been detained. He was detained overnight in Miami and the next steps will be to kind of start to figure it out. The Timberwolves are looking into it. They're trying to to get to the bottom of, is this a big deal? Is this a small deal? Is this no deal at all? And we just are kind of trying to sift through that information right now. And I don't do criminal law, but just to be fair, there's a lot of things that are illegal in Texas that are complete nonsense. Yes, right. So it could be nothing, but yes. we'll have to obviously wait and see. Yep, yep. Because, yeah, we haven't heard from Tory and Prince's side at all. So maybe he says... And this was a bullish charge, or I'm, I'm totally innocent. Maybe, uh, oh, I've just forgot to pay a fine. Maybe it's, you know, maybe there there could be any number of things here um, that that make it 
not a big deal, or maybe it is a real big deal. Maybe he's in a lot of trouble, and that would, I think, ramp things up a little bit. But as of right now, I don't think that there's major concern that this is a huge issue that's going to impact you know, really much of the season or anything like that. What I gathered last year, John, you're the insider, was that he was, uh, as a basketball player, he was a pretty good guy to have around. Great guy. Um, he kind of, you know, he came over in the trade from Cleveland, and he really was playing terribly early. Uh, couldn't shoot the ball at all. But this is a team that has a lot of volatile personalities, for better or worse. Or that team did, especially with Pat Bev, Ant, Carl Anthony Towns. Like all these guys are excitable. Beasley's an excitable human being, and and Torian Prince was this sort of calming influence. He was the quiet guy. He was the level head in the locker room that did help to kind of just get everyone on the same page. He was really well respected. And as the season went on, really when we got into January, he joined the rotation and became a really valuable player. Uh, Chris Finch really relied on him to be a defensive minded uh, kind of Swiss army knife is the way that he said his role to me once and just wanted to do a lot of things, hit open shots, guard multiple people. And he was rewarded in the offseason because he got a two-year contract uh, out of the deal. And so they wanted him back. They wanted him to be a part of this next iteration of the, of the roster going forward. So he, even if he's not starting, even if when you look at a team now that has Kyle Anderson, that has a few other players that, um, that are going to come in for, for some of those wing spots, I think he was still w- is planning on being relied upon as a – 20 to 25 minute a night guy, depending on your matchups. And they, they really value him and they think really highly of him as a person. We had a story at the athletic a little earlier this summer, just about all of the work that he does with um, homeless youth with, uh, with, you know, in, in the charitable world and, and, and kind of trying to raise uh, awareness and raise funds and help people in that regard, because he had a really difficult uh, childhood as well. And so, um, yeah, all around just universally thought of as a really good guy, and, and, you know, we'll see what comes out of this. This is the John Krasinski Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. You can go to TalkNorth.com, see all the shows, and we have a lot of shows, the best sports lineup in town, outdoor content, variety content. We do recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Thank you to TSR Injury Law, our longtime sponsors, and also All Energy Solar, AllEnergySolar.com. So, Steve? What's your level of excitement? I guess for a Timberwolves fan, the right question is, what's your your optimism-anxiety ratio now that they have Gobert, that they've transformed this roster? Well, I have several thoughts. Um, I'm embarrassed now to admit or to say that when I learned about the Gobert trade, I was not remotely happy with it. Really? I, yeah, I know we haven't talked I remember while. the text messages. We, yeah, we texted, <laughs> and I was like, I, I can't say what I was texting, but... <laughs> Um, but in my life with the wolves, I often during drafts or whatever, I'm like, you know what? I, I hope that, you know, they do well, but I just don't like this one player. Shabazz Muhammad was one. I was like anyone, but Shabazz. And then I was, and they took him. And, I, and of course I was right on that one. All right. Um, the other one was this draft with the tall kid out of, uh, is it Auburn or whatever? The, uh, Jabari Smith. No, 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 no. The one that, that Walker they, Kessler. Walker Kessler. Okay. Oh, I, I know nothing about him except I just didn't want anything to do with him. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, just anyone but this stiff. And then they draft him, and I'm like, what is like, what is going on? And then you know, you start listening to the GM, and you're like, look, they're smarter. Like 
this is their job, and you know, and, and so I'm like, okay, talk yourself into it. And then you hear these rumors about Miles uh, Turner or Gobert, and I'm like, oh, Miles Turner is not even close. I don't really like Gobert. I I didn't like the COVID thing. Remember that whole thing, like started COVID, <laughs> all those kind of nonsense. I just didn't. I didn't know a lot about him, but I just didn't like him, probably because I hate Utah. But anyway. And then you hear the trade, and I'm like, what is it like any, you know, but then I heard they traded Walker as part of it, so I was like, okay, at least we got rid of that dude, but and I was happy. Anyway, and then I remember, I think, John, maybe you brokered or whoever, and I start looking at what they traded, and I go down this list, and I'm like, and then it was like you're scanning page after page. It was so many players, so many picks, and I'm like, what have we done? And I'm not going to lie. My stomach was like, this is not good. Now. I am super excited. <laughs> I am such a homer. But I got over that. I've talked to people like you guys who, you know, who I trust and, and some other people and, and actually tried to educate myself. And, and I think it's, it's a good fit. I'll just end with this. This is the first time since KG, Sprewell, and Cassell that I feel as a fan that we can win any game. It, it, honest, like... With all the other iterations, like, you hope you can win, but there's just certain times you're like, we're just not going to win. I honestly think with this squad, assuming there's no injuries, that we have a chance of winning every single game that we play, and that is my prediction that we will go undefeated. Wow. that's a, Hey, <laughs> there you go. That's a prediction. Well, hold it. He's undefeated regular probably. season or undefeated all the way through the finals? You probably want to lose one game. You know, we season. might maybe like in the second round. Maybe lose a road game in the yeah, second round. Yeah, maybe. Just have yeah. a letdown. Yeah. Just, I, hate, I hate when the Wolves let down like that. <laughs> right. They lose one playoff game. Yeah. But, yeah, we. I mean, like, it is interesting. Jim, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I think, on the pod. Um I think part of the way that you evaluate the moves that are made now and what, the way we've always done it is you look at who is making the decisions. And I do this think... This is not Kurt Rambis. This is not Kurt Rambis. This is not David Kahn. This is not even, you know, Gerson Russell. Okay, stop. Good okay, moves, you don't need to you know? be mean about it. Right? <laughs> we don't need to go down the whole thing. You're already being mean. It, it, does, it does seem to be, and we'll see. Maybe this will be warranted or maybe it won't be, but it does seem to be that there is more of a um, a belief or a faith in Chris Finch and Tim Connolly and Sachin Gupta and their group to make moves that are educated, logical, and grounded in some sort of research beyond maybe this will work. And, and I do think that for the first time since I have covered this team, this will be season 18 for me, I don't remember ever there being that amount of faith and benefit of the doubt given to a leadership group. Now, Conley just arrived, but the way that he is moving early and what he did in Denver, I think, is a longer resume and a more established um, track record of success than really any GM the Wolves have ever hired, ever, ever, ever. Maybe McCloskey way, way back, but that he was on a retirement tour, and that was, was what it was. Um, so I think that there were a lot of people in Steve's shoes, and I'll, I'll admit, even me, when, when I got the text message that said, here's all the picks that are going out, I went, and, and And it took a while, and I went on with Barrero right after, like 10 minutes after, and he's like, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. And so it, does, it is one of those moves. It's not... Even the Jimmy Butler trade with Zach Levine and everything that went out, you went, 
pretty quickly is like, okay, I see this. I understand why they did it. Maybe I'd rather see Wiggins in it. Maybe I, you know, I don't want to trade Zach or, or whatever it is, but we'll see. But I see all this. Okay, let's go. Um, with the Rudy one, it's just that he's a different player. He's a different type, and they sent out a bunch of things, and it takes you a while to really think about it. But the more conversations you have, the more homework you do, and, and things like that, you look at, and it may not work. It doesn't guarantee it, but you know that these guys put a ton of thought into it, and this is not a knee-jerk, we need to make a splash move. It's, no, this is the splash move that will work for our group. So there's been on the uh, interweb, uh, <laughs> Twitter, uh, kind of this joke that Conley broke NBA trades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there has to be some truth to this, though, because, like, if you're going to trade, in essence, five first-round picks plus five players or whatever it is for Gobert, who's a top player, what would KG or not KG, but uh, KD. Uh, KD, sorry, uh, Durant going to get, I mean, and now he's apparently, uh, okay, I, I'm babbling. Second question, how do you call out your GM and coach <laughs> and then go, I was just kidding. Yeah. I, so I want to answer that also, yeah. but but just going back to Conley, like, is there truth to that he broke the NBA? I mean, I, it did have an influence for sure. Now, I mean, is Kevin Durant still in Brooklyn because the Wolves paid what they paid for Rudy Gobert? Not necessarily. I don't think it's that direct. But I do think that there was a chilling effect on the market in terms of the Nets look at, well, Danny Ainge got this for Rudy Gobert. How about Donovan Mitchell? Exactly. I mean, that, that's a, probably a better one. Like, they want to move him. Yeah. But they can't, like, you, and, and, and for the Nets and for, for them with Donovan Mitchell, it's like, we got this for Gobert. We have to get X for Mitchell. We have to get X for Kevin Durant. And... Um, and I mean, if you do, like I have, when I was in Vegas, um, and certainly afterward when really like kind of the, 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 the trade demand and all of that really ramped up and you're talking to people around the league, they're like, man, Brooklyn is asking for everything for Kevin Durant. And I, I reported it, um, when they, when the Wolves traded for Gobert, but the Wolves before trading for Rudy, they called about Kevin Durant and they wanted, I, I've reported either. Some other others have said they wanted both. I don't think so, but I, I've reported that they asked for Ant, Ant or Cat, Jaden, and all of the picks, and, and whatever else, little fillers. Maybe it's Vanderbilt. Maybe it's Beasley, whoever. And, and the Wolves are just like, well, we, we can't do that. Like, that's, that's way too much. But that was the kind of the baseline. Then the Wolves went and traded for Gobert, and then I think the asking price only went up on Kevin Durant. So... Um, it was an un- unintended benefit or consequence, whatever you want to call it. But I do think that the Wolves are also kind of like under their breath, you know, breathing a sigh of relief because if they had some small role in Kevin Durant not going to Phoenix, not going to Denver, not going to the Clippers, not going to New Orleans, and staying out east, that's another win on top of who, what they already think is a win with getting Rudy Gobert. Tell us about the business, Steve. Well, things are going well, uh, which means things are going badly for for people on the road. It's uh, you know, it's crazy. Um, today's bit of advice is don't wait. <laughs> Before you guys showed up, I actually took a call from a gentleman who had been rear-ended and went to the hospital and was having some issues. And I kind of, you know, we always give a free consultation, you know, and I was talking to him and then I figured out that his crash was a year and a half ago. Oh. And I'm like, well, what have you been doing for a year and a half? And he's like, well, I've been 
trying to have the insurance company, you know, they said they're going to do something, and I'm just sitting in my chair like, okay, like, and again, I, I don't want to get all into it, but just waiting around for an insurance company to treat you fairly is why we are busy. Um, and But unfortunately, because he doesn't know the law and he wasn't doing things the right way, like, we can't help him. We can't go back a year and a half and fix all these things. And so it just, you know, if something bad happens, literally just – Call 612-TSR time. It's really that simple. You will talk to a lawyer. We will give you some free advice. We would rather talk to 100 people and 99 don't have a case, but we point them in the right direction than have all these people getting abused over time um, worse than the crash itself. So that's today's advice. Good advice. 612-TSR time. We do appreciate Steve's support as we have grown this show and this business. Uh, it's been great working with Steve and Love seeing them at the games, too. Also, if you're thinking about upgrades for home or business, you consider you should consider solar energy. Most home improvement projects don't pay for themselves until the property is sold. Solar pays back regardless of whether you sell your property or not. Most systems are warranted for 25 to 30 years. After 30 years of operation, solar could have paid back 300 to 400% of the cost. Buyers consider electric bills when buying a home. Installing solar panels is viewed as an upgrade. Uh, you might Say you might get $4,000 to $6,000 for each one kilowatt of power you provide via solar. Homes with solar often sell faster than those without, and you end up getting 100% return on your solar investment upon home sale at a minimum. So check out allenergysolar.com, allenergysolar.com. Uh, one interesting aspect of this is that this front office didn't play the, home, the, the honeymoon game. They didn't come in and say, right. Okay, we got three years. We don't have to do this for three years. All we have to do is just shake hands and slap backs and say we're going to be good some point in the future. Every, so many people do that. They came in and they made moves that were absolutely unnecessary for the, to, to maintain their reputation. Yeah, I think um, especially with Tim Connolly, like he has a long-term contract. Um, he could have come in and just said, I'm going to just sit back and I'm going to get to know all these people. I'm going to really dive in with the roster and the coaching staff and all of this and, and evaluate. And the safe play probably is to just run it back. Hey, they had a good season last year. Um, things went well. There's a lot of momentum with the fans. And let's just kind of see what happens. And so to pull a trigger like this with Rudy, um, it like immediately starts the clock on the Tim Connolly legacy, whatever it is. Like, this is going to be what, you know, if it works out great and he's here for 15 years um, and they eventually put a statue outside of him, it's going to start with Rudy Gobert. And that, that, that worked out. If this flames out, then, yeah, he made a pile of money, but that probably expedites the look for someone else, you know, five, five or six years down the road. Um, and so it is a risk because um, you're putting a lot of chips in the middle of the table. You're giving up a lot of assets to do it. They gave up not only draft picks, but really good players as well. Um, and, and so, but I do think that it also aligns with this new aggressive ethos from up top. I mean, there, this is not the same Timberwolves that, we're under Glenn Taylor forever and ever of like, let's just, let's, let's kind of build slowly. Let's make, you know, kind of safe moves. Let's do and, and, and see what happens. 
it's Rodriguez and Lori are driving the bus and saying, let's go, go, go. And maybe all of it is they want a little shine. Maybe it's new owner syndrome. Maybe it's all building toward trying to build support for a new arena. Whatever it is, like this is a, an organization-wide aggression now that is that has been approved by ownership and now is being executed by the executives. Can they fit an arena in this building? Yeah, <laughs> looks like it. I mean, yeah, why probably. why put your logo yeah. <laughs> on the Target Center court when you just put the Target Center court in your building? That would be a great idea. I'll have to talk to Jake about that. TSR Arena. Yeah. Oh. You want you can call and we can listen to the conversation right now. Yeah, we should call. Yeah. You know, he keeps wanting to to come on to this podcast and I keep saying, well, you know, we, you're going to have to actually answer questions, mainly like, what do you do for a living? And then he doesn't want to come <laughs> he on. Doesn't, don't, don't, don't be put on the stand. Yeah, like, exactly. You, know, that's you don't right. have to start cross-examination. <laughs> um, John, I will, listen, um, we have been doing a slow build for yeah, 30 years. Absolutely. I, as a fan, screw that. Okay, sure. like, okay, again, I didn't like the trade. Now I love the trade because I'm a homer, whatever. But it's like, I do like aggression. And it's a big swing. A couple things, though. Uh, I think you were one person that maybe talked me off the ledge right away where I'm just, when I texted you, like when I texted you, like what is going on here? And I think as a fan, it's like, we have the, these irrational love affairs with certain players. And one is Jaden McDaniels. Mm. And so when I'm like, how many picks and how many players? And you just said, but we still have Jaden. And then I, that to me as a fan was like, can you imagine what if they gave up all, like, six players, so five plus Jaden and only three firsts, people would be so fixated on, on Jaden being gone. Uh, yes. This is his third year. This is the time it's supposed to happen. It's Ant's third year. This is the time superstars uh, come to the top. And I just think that's one thing that calmed me down. It's like I would rather give up two first-round picks five years from now in the 20s, hopefully, then give up McDaniels because I think that he could be special. I mean, I, I you know, I, he probably will be better than Scottie Pippen if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> but, but on that, but you know already that you know he's a good player. Exactly. Whether right. he's an all-star or whether he's just, you know he's a starting level really good player. And that pick 26 down the road or even pick 18 or 14 or whatever, it's that's just an idea. That's a theory. And maybe it will be Kawhi Leonard or maybe it'll be William Avery. Like that's, you know, like that's the, that's hurtful. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that's what people need to hear sometimes. No, it is, it, but you know, yes. And also if you have a GM that you truly trust, and I think you have to have faith at this point, second round picks actually can get you something. And so it, there's lots of ways to rationalize it, but I just wanted to point out that I'd rather have McDaniels than two picks five years from now um the other thing and not to be funny but like they keep hiring more front office people like how like they need a bigger building uh, yes, target just center for just for that yeah. yes like I, who are these people how do they where, what are they doing and like how do you keep adding so much so many layers of of leadership here? so yeah there's part of it is um there is a we're in the early stages of the Tim Connolly regime, and there were already a lot of people who were still under contract that he was coming in to supervise and take over. And whenever you hire someone and pay the kinds of money that they paid Tim Connolly, and he has the kind of reputation he's established, this is not a you know young up and comer guy that you're sort of taking a chance on. Like this is a real established big time guy, you know that not only are you hiring him, you're hiring 
kind of a group around him that he trusts, that he wants to work with and that he can put together. And so um, it is still kind of unique because he is coming in and he didn't immediately clean house on Gupta, on Manny Rohan, on all of these other people that were Steve Sr., on all these other people that were already here. He, he has a mentality of, I want to get to know these guys, and if they can help us, I want to, I want to keep them around. Um, but also, he needs some of his own voices in, in the group as well that he has worked with for a long time and trusts. And so he brings Del Demps, who hired him in New Orleans. He brings Matt Lloyd, who he's known forever from Orlando and is really well thought of. Um, and then he brings, he just hired John Wallace, who he worked with in Denver as the new Iowa Wolves GM, replacing Gianluca Pescucci. Who clearly is brilliant because he just signed Nick Stauskas. Yeah, I mean, Stauskas. If we're, if we're I mean, being yeah, honest, I, absolutely. I, I do want to just digress. Uh, you know, um, if I was Ant, I'd be a little nervous. <laughs> Stauskas coming. Sas Castillo. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, but like this is all the part of like, you know, and, and we saw Joe Branch left. Um, and so there will be over the next year or so, there'll probably be a little bit of some people will move on out to other, other places or, and other people will stay. But one thing that Tim Connolly did want in Denver, they were kind of a skeletal, skeleton operation, bare bones. Like there was a small staff, small resources, and they still did what they did. Uh, what Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie want is a big staff and really invest and analytics and scouting and research and all of the things. And so um, Conley has a staff underneath him right now that is robust. And um, they believe that that will help them find a little edges on the margins and, and see and, and continue to build this way because the job now is only going to get more difficult with managing the salary cap and identifying diamonds in the rough to kind of come in, like you said, second round picks or rookie free agents or things to, to pay on the cheap because you're, you're paying these heavy salaries to all these other guys. But, um, but yeah, they've invested really heavily in that. And I think they will continue to do that because Connolly has a lot of weight and a lot of influence just coming in as, as the guy that they targeted and, threw all this money at, and now they have to take his word for it. Like, hey, I need this guy. All right, you gotta, we got to empower you and to go get him. One more thing about the McDaniels. Uh, preservation, I guess, is the right word. Not only do they know he's a good player, they also know he fits. Mm -hmm. And they know he fits in terms of temperament and skill set and everything else. And once again, when you draft somebody, that all remains to be seen. Um, Tell, you know, it's such a sad thing. I was really looking forward to that two-game opening stretch. You know, yeah. I mean, we expect the Wolves to beat Oklahoma City, but it's going to be fun to see Chet Holmgren. And now Chet Holmgren is out for the season. Yeah, it, it really stinks. Um, he went to Seattle to play in the Pro-Am, Jamal Crawford's Pro-Am, and uh, him and LeBron James and Jason Tatum, and um, there's a couple other guys, Marjan Beauchamp and, and uh, Aaron Gordon. A bunch of people were there, and the place was packed. And not great air conditioning, so the the floor was slippery. Um, the condensation on the floor from the humidity in there, uh, and they actually had to call the game in the second quarter. But it did not before uh, Holmgren kind of tweaked his ankle or, or foot, and um, and then it's a Liz Frank injury, and so they are going to be overly cautious and ride it out for the season. And 
And it, it really is disappointing because he was looking so great in summer league um, and he was going to be so much fun. And then to have his NBA debut be at Target Center in his home city, like how much fun would that have been? Even if, um, you know, even if the, the, the Wolves would probably win fairly handily in a game like that, I still think to have him at, at, in, involved in that game would have been great. And so now it's going to be delayed gratification on, on seeing it. I mean, all everyone says it's going to be fine, that he'll be able to recover from this and be, be okay, but it just really is, uh, it's really difficult. Um, it, just tough news for, uh, for a good kid who is going to be a really fun watch this season. You know what I don't understand is the haters. Yeah. Like, again, and I know Twitter is like a small whatever, but it's just like, oh, you know, told you he was soft right. and told uh, you, you know, and, you know, in Houston people yeah. like, oh, I like my pick better now. It's yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> like you, we don't know this kid. This is his dream. He's, he's working his ass off and, and, and he is, and he's from Minnesota. Like these are Minnesotan people. Like why, why? Like, yes. just what is it about human nature where you want to rip people down that you don't know for no reason, just to make yourself feel better? I don't get that. Um, I will also say that injury is no joke. Right. Um, we represent a lot of people. They get in these car crashes and their their feet are like on the on the brake or they they see the crash coming and they kind of brace. And when that happens, it's a long recovery. And this is non athletes. You know, right. this is just like the average person. And it, that's a, it's a horrific type of situation. The other the other thing I I'll just add is um, this banter of well, you know, pro ams. Right. Right. Okay. L- no. Let's all calm down. Yeah. These NBA players go into YMCA gyms and ball. Like, mm-hmm. like they, if there's no pro am in Seattle, they're gonna be balling out in New York on blacktop LA, with yep. you know uh, dodging bullets, trying to just ball. I mean, it, it just this has nothing to do with the pro am. If it wasn't that, it would have been something else. And it's just bad luck. Yep. And let's just wish them the best. Um, you know, if anything, this just gives Oklahoma City a chance to try to go get that victory exactly. kid. I mean, like, you know, you don't want it, but they're like, all right, well, yeah. more, you know, we'll take, you know, we'll have another top first round pick. Yeah, it's it, it's a, injuries happen in sports. Like that's what's going to happen. Like even in the playoffs last year, when some players get hurt, you know, everyone wants to look at oh, um, load management and all this. Well, maybe some of that, but hey, sometimes just a guy is going to jump up and dunk and fall the wrong way and his knee is going to buckle or his, his ankle is going to turn or th- that's just going to happen. And every player, if they want to get better in the summer, they need to play five on five. Like that's what they do. And, and so um, it is just a part of the, their DNA. It, it, they have to get out and play. They have to get a feel for the game. And also I hate it in reference to this pro-am because they were going to a city that does not have NBA basketball and they were bringing a bunch of stars there and trying to connect with fans and none of them were getting paid for it. And it was just like, Hey, Jamal Crawford, we really respect him. He's built this amazing event. We want to be there and support him. And we want to show, be up close with fans who do never, who never get to see us up close. And so all of those efforts are totally as altruistic as you're going to find in this big business world. And so when it goes wrong, it can't be, "Ah, I told you so it's, Hey man, I really respect Chet for flying his ass out there for navigating the crowds for wanting to put on a show. And it 
breaks my heart. It just sucks that he had bad luck and landed the wrong way, and and this is the this is what ha- what he has. But the last thing you want to do is eliminate those things because yeah. that's that's as pure as the game gets right now. And good on Jamal Crawford. We For really sure. enjoyed having him awesome around guy. when he was here. He's a great guy, and it's really cool the things he does, especially out in that area. By the way, you mentioned like basketball courts and bullets flying. You just remind me of another story. I went out to do uh, a story in Steph Marbury when he first got drafted. And so I'm ta- I take, you know, stay in Manhattan. I take the train out, take four trains, whatever, to get out to Coney Island. And it's the projects. That's what it is. Uh, and I walk by the boardwalk, and I take whatever turn I need to take. And it's like, you know, very large tenement buildings all facing kind of a central courtyard. And I walk into this area. And, you know, back then I had hair. I was probably wearing jeans, white tennis shoes, and a leather jacket. I walk in there. All I hear is, 5-0, 5-0, 5-0. And everybody disappears. Oh, man. And that's as much authority as I've ever had in my life. <laughs> you just bottle that feeling. No kidding. Hold on to it the rest of your life, man. Uh, Luca Garza, just how long a long shot is he? I mean, he's a long shot because, I mean, uh, for for the, where the roster is set right now with the guaranteed contracts and things like that, um, there's one maybe spot available, maybe if he beats out Nathan Knight. Um, uh, but if they, even if worst case scenario, you have him in Iowa and, and he's kind of in your program a little bit and you have an injury, you make a trade and, and something opens up, maybe, maybe you get a chance. Uh, maybe you give him a chance. He's very, very skilled. Um, and, and, and so I like taking chances on super skilled guys like that, even if they have limitations in their games or, or things that haven't clicked or, or, or anything like that. But you look at, you know, bringing him in, he's going to make the team better in camp. He's going to have, you know, give them a good, good preparation that way. Uh, same with CJ Ellaby, who they signed, who started a bunch of games for Portland last year. I don't think he's an NBA rotation player, but he has some skill that you want to increase the competition in camp at, at, at a minimum. But, um, you know, what he's a player of the year at Iowa. Like he was, he, he can he's a great put, player. He can put the ball in the basket, man. Like, and he's and he's fun to watch that way. He's got an old school game, so I like it. You know, take a flyer on it, just see what happens, and see if Nathan Knight and Nas Reed stay healthy. And if not, maybe you have a little bit of depth there. And it really does just for us average people. Like, let's, when we're watching basketball and we see how easy it looks. And you have somebody like Garza, who is a player of the year yeah. and obviously has skill and would dominate all of us combined <laughs> on each other's shoulders, everything. And he can't barely get a sniff. It just, it really should remind people how gifted these good athletes are. My, my question, though, is, is it just his quickness? I mean, because he can hit the, hit the shot. Yeah, he can shoot it. Um, he's got a funky little post He's lost game. a lot he's, of weight. He's, I know yeah. he's trying to be faster. But. So he's trying, yeah, I think basically what he is right now is, or what he has been to this point is not big enough to be a five, not quick enough to be a four in the league. And so in, he, he basically decided, it sounds like that um, I can't add size anymore. Like I'm as big as I'm going to get. So I, I'm, I'm, I can't get to be a five. Maybe I can slim down, lose some weight, get a little more quickness laterally and be able to stay with guys at, at power forward and be a stretch four and do it that way. And I, I think that's the right approach if he can do it. Um, but he has gone through a 
you know, a Kevin Love style transformation. Like, I mean, he wasn't fat before, but he was, he was thick. He was thick. And now he is noticeably thinner. We, could, we saw it in Summer League and like, holy cow, he really has changed his body. And so we'll have to see how that translates defensively and if he can stay in front of guys and if he can kind of make rotations and, and, and maybe he can get a little more lift and, and, and get some better rebounds. How tall is too. he? 6'9", uh, 6'10". Six, six, okay. And how tall there. is Joker? Uh, he's six eleven. Okay, almost, so it's yeah. legit. Because I, yeah. I mean, not to be funny, but like Joker is not the most athletic no. player, and he's two time MVP, and obviously he's a different level. But it's just sometimes you're like, what, what makes forgetting about the height difference, but like how how is this non athletic person like a superstar, and this one can't play in the G League, and you just kind of wonder. Um, I did watch him a little bit for the Pistons because I think he was their second yeah. round pick, and yep. you know he yeah, he's got a nice shot. Um, I mean, he's from Iowa, so whatever. But <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I mean, from Joker's perspective, like that's a that's a sees the chessboard mm-hmm. in a different way than anyone else does it, and so he whatever he lacks in quickness, he makes up for in an anticipation. And I just don't think that Garza has that feel, which no, there's. No player has that feel. Maybe LeBron, like he, those, those are the two. But, um, but yeah, like I, you know, um, I, I, I think it will be interesting to see what Finch could do with a guy like that, um, you know, and, and deploying deploying him in a way where, like, if you are, it, could he be on the floor with Rudy Gobert? Like, probably, right? Um, having a a, a big time rim protector behind him. Um, might help. Now, he had a lot a little bit in Detroit, but I think that transition would be easier when you have a Rudy Gobert on your roster than if you have Carl Anthony Towns as your, as your five. Gars is listed at 6'10". Of course, yeah, you know. It's probably, probably closer to 6'9". Six, six, yeah, yeah, probably. I heard John is 6'3". <laughs> right. That's what Absolutely. he's listed as anyway. Yeah, I, I list that so, yep, on my, on my driver's license. Yep. He's planning on slimming down <laughs> for this upcoming I season. Need, yeah, I need to get on the Luka Garza diet for sure. All right, it is final thought time. Hey, if you'd like to advertise with this show or the network, and we have a million shows on the network these days, you can reach Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks again to AllEnergySolar.com and TSR Injury Law. Let's start with John. Final thought today, John. Yeah, look, we're uh, we, State Fair is here now, which means we're less than a month away from things getting started, and I cannot wait. It's going to be... Super fun. I think as soon as September comes, you're going to start to see more players trickle into the Twin Cities to start getting workouts in. D'Angelo Russell's already here. He's been here, and he's been putting work in. Um, at Nate Knight, McDaniels, Nas Reed, all those guys um, have been here all summer long. Um, and so we're getting close, and I will start to drop some breadcrumbs now, but we're having discussions with Head flyer and some other and 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 about like a preseason live fan fest type of a thing. It's very early in discussions, but start to like circle your calendar. End of September, I think, is when we're going to start to look at trying to get everyone together and get out there and celebrate the start of a new season. So as you plan your late fall trips, uh, reserve a little time for for the John Krasinski show and talk north at at Head Flyer at some point. I think in late September we'll announce more when we have more details. Awesome. Steve Terry, final thought. Two thoughts, uh, and I know this is shocking, but the first one's a little self-promotion and says the person on the billboard, sorry. But um, I'm going to try to build my Twitter account more this year. I want to 
It has a little bit of law stuff on there for TSR, but it's mainly Timberwolves. <laughs> We're being honest. A little bit of Michigan football, go blue. But it's mainly Timberwolves. And um, I like to interact. I like to do it. So I'm Stephen Terry at SJT Sports Fun. Okay, so just follow me. Uh, I will follow back. I just want Timberwolves fans. I just like I, I like the love. I like the interaction and to talk about things. So I just I'll throw that out there. Uh, here's my thought though, and it, this is just really funny. It's back to Twitter. I see all of this these quotes that oh my God, Ant is going to be a mm, monster. That's from me. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny because I'm like. John said that. Like, like yeah. you know, you're John to me, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Everyone else. Oh, Mr. Chris. <laughs> yeah, big shot, Mr. Big shot. And it's so funny, but, like, you just see all these other, they're not even news, whatever. Ag- aggregators. I don't know, aggregators. Yeah. Yep. And they're quoting this, like, Ant's a monster. Wait till you see him. And I, I kept seeing it, and I'm like, God, I think, I'm like, that. John said that in the last podcast, <laughs> right? right? I'm like, I listened to the podcast. And it's just funny to me. One, I just, I've, I've, I'm blessed to know you. Like, oh, just somebody so, so famous and important. Yeah. But it just, it, it, it is funny to me that there's real news, people who are actually doing something, and then there's all these other yahoos who just, like, quote other people. But it was just kind of funny that your quote, that thing hit like wildfire. Yeah, I remember when I said it, I kind of knew it was going to, too, because, like, we are in the part of the calendar where there's a vacuum of real content outside of the Kevin Durant, you know, stuff that happens. It's this is late August. Everyone in the NBA is off. There is nothing. So these sites need something, any little thing to populate and to get people to click and, and, and go. And when I dropped it, I like I was like, OK, OK, this is going to take off, especially because anything Anthony Edwards related just goes. And uh, and, and so there's times where there's times where I'm surprised or like, come on, what what happened? And there's times where I'm like, all right, this is going to. Go for a little ride, and that's so. So this is what I want to be aggregated. <laughs> I I I don't know if you know this. Actually, I'm going to break oh, some news. Good. So um, I'm friends with the owners, not really, <laughs> and I they let me into the gym. No, they didn't. <laughs> and I saw Anthony Edwards. Like he has been practicing his uh, vertical, and it's up to 57 inches. <laughs> like it's crazy. And so I just want to throw that out there that if you thought he was dunking last year, wait till this year. Aggregators, it's at SJT Sports Fun. Please cite that when you're yes. when you're throwing I'm breaking that out news. <laughs> and in all seriousness, you know, obviously John, uh, you know, is one of the dominant beat writers in the country, and he breaks a lot of news. But Steve Terry will bring you some stuff you nuggets. might not hear other Every, places. He has little while. morsels. He gets courtside. And you know, I dealt with this sometimes when I was a beat writer is you work your ass off trying to break news and trying to work every source in the organization. And then somebody you know walks up and he says, oh, this is what's happening. I'm buddies with so-and-so, and they yeah. told me. I mean, yep. you are in that circle where you hear things we might not hear. That's right. I got, I got to get my aggregation. Yeah. Yes. I'm excited. Start I need more it. than 287 followers. <laughs> you do. You do. Well, Brandon, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to pump Steve on Talk North Pod, and I'm sure John and I can give yep. him a little boost here, too. Right. So what you need to do is... What you should do is engage, you know, especially John. Obviously, he's much bigger on Twitter than I am. But engage us on Twitter where we can tweet back at you where it doesn't look like we're promoting. It looks like we're just it's, having a conversation It's weird, with though, because John acts like he doesn't know me outside of this meeting. But he like, does it's that so with, mean. The, 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 he does that with me and Brandon, too, though. He, won't, he doesn't even look at me. He does, he's that, like, with, yeah, he does right. that with everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
In fact, uh-huh. I heard A Rod the other day saying, "Hey, man, Krasinski won't give me the time." Yeah. Sends hey. me emails, texts me all the time. Like, I'll, I'll get to you later. Yeah, yeah. later. Yep. <laughs> I got things to do. I'm important.